Hey there, my name is Janny and I'm the host of What's On Your Mind. I interview guests about their weekly musings and Wikipedia rabbit holes, like toxic beauty standards, or the impact of redlining, or bees. Whatever it is, we'll process it together. We'll all learn a little something and take another step in creating our own stories, all while adding another laugh line to your face. In this episode, Serena Jindal and I discuss the meaning of life from everything from sexual empowerment to discovering what life is actually all about and dreams. And we also talk about her life as an actor of color, specifically an Indian woman who works on developing her own content rather than waiting for the content to come to her. Hey, Serena, what's on your mind? Hi. Ooh, what is on my mind? On my mind are memes. Memes. The meme game. The meme game. Coronavirus sucks. Quarantine sucks. But what came out of it are some amazing memes. And I wasn't really big on memes before, but obviously now we have a lot of extra time on our hands. And I have been compiling memes that I just love. I love it. Let's hit, hit, hit me with one. The thing is, is I actually want to explore the deeper meaning behind the meme. I love it. The memeing. So the memeing behind the meme. Great. Because everything has a deeper meaning. It's just, you, just have to, you just have to dig. So I think we can like really do a deep dive, archaeological dive on what may seem shallow. Okay, so we are going to go with the first one. And it says, the clitoris has 8,000 nerves. If you're going to get on my nerves, get on one of those. One of those. Oh my goodness. This I is love a, it. This is a great one. I feel like we could definitely dive into this. Like it's all about women's sexual empowerment. That's it. And and okay. I feel like clitoris in general has been kind of ignored. I don't even think I knew where mine was for far too many years for a female. <laughs> I'm right there where, with you. <laughs> and also for whatever, I don't know about your generation. My generation feels quite held back in the uh, sexuality, sexual empowerment, even learning about sex, because I didn't have that talk with my parents at all. No, uh, I still haven't. Still haven't, <laughs> and I don't, you know, we're, I don't want to. Yeah. I can't even imagine how that would go. But then when you don't talk about anything, there's there's two things that happen. One is there's, there's a layer of shame oh, yeah. around it, which is... So archaic. Then the second thing is just you're just confused. And then you're and then you're just learning from other people your age. Right. Which is not accurate information. Which is not accurate information. And sometimes be dangerous. Completely. And I think and then there's crazy things that are happening. So like uh so at the time when my peers were having sex, which is actually really early, my girlfriends were having sex when they were um between the ages of 12 and 15. Oh wow. Yeah, middle school. Uh, and I even kissed a guy. So uh, I didn't know what was going on. But uh, so you're learning, you're, you're getting information from them. And then we didn't, we didn't have the internet. Mm-hmm. So we had, so there's no way to even research or figure anything out. For me, I didn't have a great sexual health education either. And same, like I, th- I went through, I mean, I think I was in college. Like I started becoming a sexual health educator because I realized how uneducated I was. And not just about like literally the ins and outs of sex, literally the ins and outs of sex, but it was mm-hmm. like sexuality, gender, communication, like safety, uh, yeah, safety like boundaries, boundaries, <laughs> like boundaries. Um, and just like, like I, I didn't know anything. And I had an, a sister who was older than me by eight years. Mm. And so 
I guess like you, she just kind of like just figured things out maybe just from like talking to peers, but I know it was definitely not for my mom and dad. And -hmm. finally, you know, I sat down my mom and dad and I was like, are we going to talk about this? And they were like, oh, we just figured you'd learn about the things at some point. And I was like, what you said your parents down? Yes. So this is after I became a sexual health educator. And I was like, why, why aren't we engaging in healthy communication about sex and boundaries and meeting a female daughter? And, and Mm. I was talking about this and they were like, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to. Yeah. They're like, now at this point, like, you know, just make good decisions. And I was like, make good decisions. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) They're like, we we don't, we don't want to talk about it. And they were like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) So still like, I mean, I, I had to do just a lot of educating myself. And it was just, I mean, it got to the point where, you know, looking back, like a lot of the things I didn't know, I wasn't the only one that didn't know. So of course not. I mean, when I reflect back, I think I was just talking about this with my girlfriends. We, um, we were all went through the public school system in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested to hear what your, if any sexual health education was. So this was like, first of all, it was a Christian based sexual health education. Perfect. Totally heteronormative. It was like literally just like boys and girls. Um, and it wasn't about communication boundaries, safety, uh, like anything. It was literally just about how to not guess. Get herpes. Yeah. (laughs) And don't get pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Don't let anybody touch your private parts. So literally the only, and like we all remember different things. One girl, she was like, yeah, I remember like the whole like take home a baby thing so that you're scared of like having a baby. And then someone's Mm. like, I remember the cups of where I'm pretty sure now looking back, it was probably like HIV prevention, but it was like, oh, what out of you is going to get a blue cup when we put the powder in and realize that you're- Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And for me, the only thing I remember, this is a direct quote from what I remember- of sexual health education. It was a guy and the guy for some reason was leading the session with all the girls. Um, and he said, girls, you have to be really clear when you tell a guy not to go down your shirt because he can go up your shirt or through the sleeve. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's who is this dude? Uh, I don't know, but this was, that's the only thing I remember you picked up from, from, <laughs> from sex ed, which wow. was, and so then my thought as a teen was like, wow, yeah, I, I guess I really have to be explicit <laughs> if I say I don't want to be touched. So I have to tell you, don't go uh, through up my shirt, through my shirt, <laughs> around my shirt, near my shirt. Don't do my laundry. Yeah. Don't touch my shirts. <laughs> they, they should have used that uh, um, explanation during like learning prepositions in English. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Down, left, right of my shirt. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I do like, I do like the be explicit part. The rest of it, I'm not sure about. Cause I do, something that I learned is and this is even through my own sexual journey is, is um, I was afraid to speak up yeah. during about what I, what I wanted, what I, what I liked when I didn't like something, I would just like, just take, take it because I was so conditioned that like, Oh, this, the guy has to feel good and all that, mm. that it wasn't, it wasn't even about my own pleasure. Yeah. So, and, and the thing is, is like the guy actually wants to win with you. Mm. Hopefully if you're with, if you're with somebody who's, who's more, pro-femme they're not just about them but they they want to it's such a it's it's such a more dynamic and incredible experience when you as the as if it is you know a male-female relationship if the woman is is open 
with her sexuality and like, and is okay and comfortable with speaking about what she wants right. and when she doesn't enjoy something. And the guy is like, yeah, give me that direction, girl. I want to make you happy. You know, because, because then there's this dance, there's this play that's going on and it, it, you, you reach to a much stronger place together. We've been yeah. so conditioned otherwise. And it's, yeah. it's such a shame. We've been conditioned that it's like, well, first of all, something that um, and again, I, I mean, we're speaking in terms of guy girls, but again, like obviously any person of any gender can have sex, you know, but I think so. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But yeah, it's like, you know, even just the definition of sex, like there's only one definition of sex or there's only one definition of pleasure or mm. it's like, you know, what are the expectations around what something is supposed to feel like? Oh, ever, is everyone supposed to feel like this at a certain time with this certain activity? No, mm-hmm. like we need to have. Yeah, so much more transparent even about about things like that because then then you're just being held up to these really unfair standards Standards. and expectations when it's like most likely feelings are going to be different for every single human (laughs) no one human no two human are probably going to have identical body like you said like it's about the, the the people communicating with each other to figure out what works for those two people yeah. And it becomes a nice experience versus just like, oh, I, I won. I scored. I won. <laughs> yeah, high five. <laughs> I'm going to go make a sandwich and cry. <laughs> but you won. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, but I, the good news is now there's, there's, there's a lot better education on Netflix. They have all these documentaries that show I love sex education. Yeah. There's, a, there's a British show and there's, so there's, so the future generation should hopefully know better. And plus, I think there's more conscious parenting. So we're not going to be those types of parents to be like, yeah, not, not talking about it. Figure Absolutely. it out. Well, yeah. and I think that there's like, you know, there's, I don't, you know, like age appropriate quote ways to talk about these things. Like obviously mm-hmm. for my three-year-old, I'm not going to talk about orgasms and sex, but I am going <laughs> to talk about like, even just that, that simple saying of like, oh, if somebody's being mean to you, that means they like you. Like even just things like that. Like I wouldn't like teach little kids even at that age of, you know, what communication, what consent is, what no means, what boundaries are. Like that's a, that's a conversation that you can have at a young age, which then Mm -hmm. maybe five, 10 years from then that then when you do start talking about, okay, now let's take all that and apply that to sex. It's not going to be the first time where they're like, what? Yeah. 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 My body does what? Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Like, what happens? Oh my gosh. The amount of confusion I could have avoided if just had, oh gosh, all these times. Oh my goodness. It is such a, it is such a crazy paradigm to, to, to be able to speak about this openly, which is so nuts because there's so much power. Yeah. In in sexual chemistry and sexual energy and owning your sexuality for both both people, you know, it's there's there's a whole reservoir of of power that comes with with coming, you know. Like it's, <laughs> it comes when you come, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I think we're good with diving into what that, that was a good means. one. That was <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Okay. When someone tells you, tell me about yourself and you're trying to remember who the F you are. That's so funny. <laughs> I love it. And it's a picture of Snoop Dogg just looking yeah. like really yeah. dazed and confused. Yeah. Tell me about yourself. And then you're just like, <sighs> <laughs> so what do you think is the deeper meaning behind the memeing? 
The memeing. So for me, I, I love this meme because this is a topic that I speak about a lot to, especially young, young people of finding yourself. And I tell people, don't ask people what you do for work or like, what do you do? What's your, what's your major? What's your job title? I ask people to shift that question and say, what's your story? Mm -hmm. And by asking that more and you asking yourself, what's your story, you're going to start figuring out yourself a lot more because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not about what you do in the moment. Like, you know, I have, yeah, I have a job title, but me right now doing this podcast, I'm not acting within that job title. So like, it doesn't matter what my job title is right now. Like we're so much more than our job titles. And, and I think we have to really reflect on just like, you know, what's the story of my life that has led me here to this moment right now? you know? And if that story is different tomorrow, then it's a different story tomorrow. Like yesterday, maybe, maybe there, maybe I was feeling a little differently and I'd and find a little bit of other narratives to pull in. But today I have my story and I'm confident in my story. I'm confident in who I am. And then just tell it, like, tell, tell the world your narrative. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people like, don't live the narrative written by other people for you. You live yeah. in your own narrative. Mm -hmm. And, um, not to say that I'm not perfect. Sometimes I do sit there and I'm like, and I, I feel lost too. And I just have to always go back to the, what, what is my story? Like, I know my story more than anyone else because it's, it's my story. Like my mom and dad probably don't know the intricacies of my story and I don't expect them to, but they're not going to, yeah, they're not going to know unless I tell, I, unless I tell them and they're not going to know, um, unless I know my own story. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got to, we got to be confident in ourselves and, and not, um, compare our lives to other people. I think maybe that's, I think that's a way people can kind of feel lost is that you start seeing how your life and your narrative kind of compares to other people, or, you know, maybe everyone's trying to reach the same destination, but does it in different ways. And so that causes like, oh crap, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing with my life, but I always tell people, you know what you're doing with your life because you're living your life. Mm, Yeah. 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 You are living your life. That, that reminds me for years, my mom would say to me, have you found somebody? When are you get, she's like, you need to find somebody so you can start your life. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what, then what am I doing now? <laughs> am I not living? I don't get, so I had to train her out of that. I mean, you know, to no fault of her own, she was of course doing, she's doing her best and it's just such a Daisy mom thing, but it's just funny that those were the words. Yeah. It's like, start, then you, then you can start your life. Uh, (laughs) And it's such a funny notion to to think like you don't have a life as an individual until you hit these boxes, Mm. check these boxes, uh, that, that probably what you were saying, probably aren't even your own boxes. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of friends who went to med school and then halfway through dropped out. They're like, I don't actually want to be a doctor. I was pre-med in college. Can you imagine me as a doctor? Like, oh my God, I would, I would just be killing people left and right. I'm so, yeah, there's no way. There's no freaking way. So, wow. So you are also another Carolina pre-med. That seems like a good point for a break. Time for some ads. I always like to make sure that the products I buy or the clothes I wear have good practices behind them. When you buy from Serengeti, you support artisans, their families, and ancient fabric-making traditions. By giving 10% of their profits back to grassroots causes, they work to improve lives in their communities. There's a story behind every product they make, so when you wear Serengeti, you are truly wearing a piece of the world. You can get 20% off of every purchase with my code, JannyRad20. That's J-A-N-I-R-A-D 20. 
Check them out at Serengeti.com. Serengeti, we're the world. And now back to the show. I was, oh, you, yes, yes, I read that on your bio. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, that, you know, they talk about the weed out classes, man. I, I got weeded, yeah. weeded out. I, I got, got wet out. out. Oh, wet out. <laughs> I was, man, I was like, this is, what is this? Uh, yeah, but part of this meme, when someone asks you, so tell me about yourself. I think that's a big filter test, number one, because why, why are you going to start? I can't do the small talk. Yeah. I don't want to do the small talks. So even that question, tell me about yourself. is so vast and you're putting so much onus on that other person. Mm. And you, it's not even a special question for that person. Yeah. You always want to make, when you're in an interaction with somebody, the odds of both of us even being here right now together on this planet, speaking on this podcast in this moment in time is like in like the universe had to move in such a specific way to get us together that we were both born at a certain time and that you found me and then you messaged me and then I said yeah I mean there's yeah, like, girl I've been trying to slide into your dms for a while <laughs> <laughs> I love it I'm not good with social media but yeah <laughs> but 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 like I I asked a statistician on Quora what are the odds of me as a 30-something female being alive on this planet today? And I got all these different answers. And it, 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 the, basically, the odds of you being alive are like 0.00001 in a trillion. Mm. Something in, if you think about all the sperms that are like running to fight, you know, the fact that that sperm got into that egg, you know, all that stuff to make you and then to make me and then to make this interaction. So it's a crazy, crazy circumstance that brought us two together. Now you're going to ask me, tell me about yourself? Mm. Come on, I just didn't that make yeah, it's like where do I start? And also yeah. it's such an interview question. It's such an interview question. So like my thing is like as much as you can, and this goes for introverts too, because I know introverts have, have this, and introverts are actually better at this. It, there's something about you know networking and small talk that's so draining for introverts, and I get it because actually the more spiritual I've gotten, the more introverted I've become, which is mm. so crazy because no one would, would know that. But I think the small talk drains them. And, and it's not fun for anybody. So, so if you really take in a person, it's just you, you, introverts are great with this because they're, they're very, in, they're much more intuitive because they're just kind of like, they're held back and they're a bit reserved. They're just, they're just taking in the energy of the room. They're taking in the energy of the person so much more. And then you can pick up on something and then ask a really interesting question mm. that's more interested in that person. I love it. That you, that you know isn't something that they're asking a hundred other people. Mm. And the kind of conversation that gets sparked out of that, and you go to a networking event, maybe you made one really good connection out of that because you asked such an interesting question. Yeah. I don't even know where I would begin if somebody said, tell me about myself. I would just say potatoes are my favorite food. You tell me about yourself. You know, like. <laughs> Speaking of which, I saw a meme yesterday that said potatoes can be made into chips, vodka, and fries. Uh, all you other vegetables got to catch up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is right. People do not understand what I, potatoes are the, the, the most magnificent food. It's like, people ask me what's my favorite type of potato once we go down this rabbit hole of, yeah. of potato type conversation. And I, I, it's like so hard for me to identify my top five potatoes because I'm like, 
Bubba Gump in uh, in Forrest Gump where he talks about all the shrimp because you can do so much with potatoes, even just the, the types of different types of fries you can do with potatoes. Mm. Curly, yeah, you're right. yeah, waffles, rigid, mm. string fries, shoelace, like, oh my God, steak fries. Are string and shoelace different? I think string is a little bit thicker than shoelace. Oh. No, no, shoelace is thicker than, than string. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. Like, and that is just some fries anyway. So yeah. this is this is how I would answer the that is, tell me about yourself. And well, and I mean, to be fair, that did get us a pretty good interesting It did, it did, it did. It did. <laughs> that one kind of backfired. But I mean, but yeah, the point is, is, is yes, is you may not story. always Yeah, you may not always get anybody, somebody who's interested on the other end of hearing about your potato love, so. Mm. Yeah, and then then I know they're not going to be my friend. Yeah, they're not going to be my friend. It's a potato filter test. Potato filter test. <laughs> so we've, okay, we've solved sexual health uh, education, and now we've solved the, the networking filter test. Yeah, yeah, we've solved we've solved casual talk and networking. Okay, what's the what's the last thing we can solve here? Uh, all right, this one. When you thought you could get over my magical, act, but then I show up in your dreams, like, and then there's a little snake that says hi. <laughs> okay so this actually happened recently okay so so the the more i've gotten into this whole you know spirituality and 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 meditating and, and being more intuitive and all this stuff i my dreams have been like nuts 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 even just in the past couple months like i let's see how many times it happened three three or four times i've predicted uh, my girl girlfriends being pregnant before they've even told me because i've uh, seen them pregnant or they told me they're pregnant or i see baby in the dreams or whatever and then and then um so that's crazy this one time i had a dream and it was this dude <clears throat> emotionally unavailable actor type and the dream was we were like kind of ma- we were making out and I never, I never had a dream. I never have a dream about this guy ever. Okay. <clears throat> and we were kind of making out and, and, and then he was like, but when he was, when he came to kiss me, he was like sucking the energy out of me. Like a dementor. What is that? <laughs> From Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've only seen the first one. <laughs> I was like, this totally hits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was a dementor. Okay. He was dementoring me and I was like, oh, this is so weird. And what was crazy is like, there were, there were like, there seemed like there was like kind of angelic type people giving me advice. I don't remember the advice, but it was something about Serena, you know, stick true to your guns. It wasn't that, but it was something like that. They were like walking through, watching us make out. And then the next day he freaking texted me and I hadn't heard from him in months. And he texted me, he was like, hey, you, like one of those just, Hmm. you know, BS text and but the thing is is I have had I had had this like kind of hung up thing on him on and off flirtation for years and I never I never really felt uh unattracted to him Hmm. even though he was doing something that was just not what I wanted which was Hmm. just this this like let me just check in every now and then hey girl and like not you know very just just classic emotionally unavailable and just just pinging you when they want to get their little ego hit that you're that you'll still text them back and I I did this crap for years Mm. why and this time once I had that dream when he texted me the next day I was like ugh, and it totally shifted this like years and years long running theme in my oh, life. Wow. Okay. And I was like, yeah. So you did it. I did it. 
So, and I'm kind of just honestly excited for him to text me again because I know he will. And I'm just, and it's just going to be a different, it's just going to be a whole different vibe. Congratulations. Your mind hey, won that one. Thank you. Yeah, my mind won that one. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. 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 Because you got you to shed these patterns. Yeah, you really do. I used to... Oh. I used to have one of those. <laughs> yeah. It's, and I think it finally did. It get to the, it got to the point finally, uh, years later where I, I got a text and I, like, I didn't even feel con- compelled to respond. Like it Isn't wasn't that- even, like, it wasn't even like, like there was just, there was just no feelings. It wasn't yes. hate. It wasn't like longing. There was nothing where I was yeah, just like, it was just like Meh, you're just a text. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a beautiful day. It, it really is because it shows, it shows a real huge layer of growth. Yeah. The, the, even though it, sh- it, it, it manifests in these micro moments, like res- not responding to a text, responding to a text, walking with your shoulders back, not walking with your shoulders back. There's so much that has to change in your inner life for those little micro adjustments to happen. Totally. That's Which freeing. Is so cool. It's so freeing. It's so freeing. Cause, cause then, you know, you're not, you're not this anxious type person who feels like they, uh, don't deserve better than yeah. somebody just, just checking in on you every like four months to be like, Hey girl, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't need your emotional energy, like going towards things like that. We have so yeah. many other things to put emotions to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that dream was, you know, was legit. So How I cool. wish that, I wish that for any of the listeners, if they are in this sort of one-sided draining, emotionally draining type situation that they, that they can truly feel like, I know I deserve, and I knew I deserved better, but there's, there's still something there, even subconsciously, it just, and you got it, and you just really, awareness is a, is a big part of it, which I also had, but it just, and then you just got to really be like, no, you know, no more. Mm. So if, if those of you who aren't aware of it, maybe now you are, you do deserve better. And then two, just nip that in the bud so you can yeah. get the right person in. Cut it. Don't cut need it. it anymore. Cut it, cut it, cut it. Yeah. Cut it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, you found such good memes. Good memes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's always, there's always deeper meanings behind these memes. They're just so good. Oh, I think so too. I mean, they always make me laugh, but I mean, I feel like that's kind of my mission in life is make somebody laugh, but also have a thoughtful conversation at the same time. Yes. So, yeah. Um, Speaking of which, I want to just, you're here. I got to ask, you know, Mm. too, because you're, because you're here and I am obsessed with you. But but, so for people who don't know, you're an actress, you're an actress and um, you do a lot of comedy acting, at least from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, Because I know you, you and um, Melanie also kind of work on co-writing some stuff. And I'm sure you also are involved in a bunch of just creating projects and things like, how do you bring that balance of, you know, obviously wanting to bring thoughtful, like really purposeful content to the world that, you know, has more meaning beyond comedy, but also at the same time, like highlighting that fun comedic side of you too. Yes. So I think, well, one thing that I think is cool is, is really doing that in, in stuff that you have control over. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the big thing for, for me is, is not, and it took a while to get there because as an actor, you feel like you are just subjugated to just being less than because you're always a- asking for work. You're always auditioning. You're always like, Oh, I hope I get this job. I hope they get this job. You're not, you, you aren't really empowered to create the job yourself because the industry is so freaking, it's tough, man. It's just a, it's a biting industry. Mm. So 
So there's a boundary there between the type of work that you're even going to go up for and audition for. So that's one way to control what you, what you even partake in that could be more, that isn't meaningful for you. But then it's, it's hard because your agents will be like, why are you saying no? You can't say no. Who are you? No one even knows you. You can't say no to stuff yet. Yeah. You know, and that's why I kind of, I kind of step back from, from being in this audition hamster wheel. And I was like, I'm just going to make stuff for myself because it is just not worth it. It's not worth it to book some gig and then see it be out there. And it's not even something that I care about, mm. let alone actually even worse, like some commercial promoting some freaking fast food that I don't even eat. And that I know is, is unhealthy for people. I'm not going to do that. Mm. So, so, so one, yeah, one great thing is, is creating the projects and the type of message you want to put out there. And two, it's, 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 when it comes to comedy, it's like, uh, I think for me, it's just as, as personal as I can make it is what, is what really helps. Yeah. So as much as I can, if I can bring me to it and people can feel like, Oh yeah, I, I, I want to, that seems like someone I want to be friends with, you know, that seems like somebody I, I want to laugh with then. Cause that's the type of person that I would want to watch. So in your shirt, you're in a friend's shirt, you know, and that this friends, it's, the, it's one of the greatest shows of all time. And we, you know, we, we go back home and we're like, I'm a, I'm a Joey, I'm a Chandler, I'm a this and I'm that, even with sex in the city, you, you just want to feel like you're part of the crew. Yeah. And for brown people, we don't really have that because there isn't a, a crew of brown people. <laughs> we don't have a crew and of friends. <laughs> we don't have a crew of friends that we can watch on TV and be like, that's my, you know, this and that. So, so that was, that was the a large impetus for, for trying to get this show out uh, for Serena and Mel so that people could see that in themselves. Yeah. And, and, and I think there's a fine balance. Dave Chappelle does this amazingly where he will take you on this comedic ride. And then at the end, he'll just, he'll just shove something in your face. That's so, that's so poignant. And so like, it's just, it comes from like the dark depths of his soul. Cause he's saying something that is so politically charged and he's so smart. And then you're like, Oh, yeah. and you just have to take it. And you respect him so much because he's entertained you all the way through, <laughs> you know? So his word is gospel. And then he's like, all right now. Mm. So that's a way to do it too. Is like laugh, laugh, laugh. I've got you, but not in a manipulative way. I'm also here to say things cause I've got you. So let me like really get this in your nervous system that we got to talk about some real stuff. I love so that. So there's, yeah, there's a way to, yeah, there's a way to do both. Yeah. Well, and um, I've, I've seen that you guys were able to show that trailer at a couple, for Serena Mel, you were able to show it at some festivals and, mm-hmm. and things like that. I don't know if you're able to talk about it much now, but um, kind of either what's next for that or just what kind of similar projects do you have up and coming? Because I know um, there's a big, I mean, me as just an Indian female actress myself, I mean, I think we were all just so and still just so excited to just see the potential of, oh my gosh, like there's a show that I can actually resonate with so much. And I know never have I ever is doing that a lot now too, for a lot of younger folks. And especially like me watching that, I was like, this is me and my mom. Like, this is amazing (laughs) that this show exists. And I think we need more of that. We can't just have one on television. So Mm -hmm. um, I know not just one. Yeah. Not, not just one. I mean, there's 50 show like friends. Like we, we don't need just one like check, check the box. We have one relatable Indian show. Like we, yeah, need, I know. we need more. So like, you know, yeah. for, for all those Indian, you know, women, um, Indian American, they see women who are um, either actors themselves or just want to mm. see themselves represented on, 
on TV and, and films and movies, like what kind of, what kind of projects you guys got coming up? Yeah. So, uh, I, so I can't say too much about, about Serena Mel specifically, but, uh, just say it's good. It's, it's, um, it's, it's all good is what I will say. And, uh, in terms of other projects, we have another one coming out. We're in edit right now. That's it's something that we shot with us with four friends. Cool. Um, and it's, it's all improv. Uh, and, it, and that's going to be a fun one. So hopefully that'll come out in the next month or so. Cool. Uh, so that will be on, I think, Instagram and YouTube. So we'll put that out. And, and, and you know, we're just, I mean, me personally, I'm, I work as a development producer too. So I'm just constantly developing things. Mm-hmm. And you just go through that development process. You write, you come up with, with stories and then you just try to sell, 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 sell. So back in that cycle. So that's where we were with, um, you know, Serena Null has been a, I mean, technically it's been a journey since 2014. Wow. So a six year journey that people don't even yeah, realize that it's been that long. And then, uh, and then a more concentrated journey since 2017. Mm. So we're still three years in and it's, and it's ongoing. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. That's definitely. cool. Well, I think, I mean, at least <laughs> people know that there's still momentum going behind it and mm-hmm. um, we'll continue to be excited and looking forward yeah. to updates from you, but thank you yeah. so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. This is so fun. I'm this just glad you fun. slid, it slid into my DMs. Thank you. Um, I just, I love what you do and you're just really inspiring and you're funny too. So oh, thank you. <laughs> thanks. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Subscribe wherever podcasts are found. And of course, rate, review, and share with a friend. Don't forget to check out serengeti.com and get 20% off of every purchase using code JANNYRAD20 at checkout. If you want to learn more about me, you can check out my website, jannyrad.com. That's J-A-N-I-R-A-D.com. Head on over to jannyrad.com slash podcast and click on support the show. And find me on Instagram at jrpwservices. Love the podcast music? That's BK Williams. You can follow him on Instagram, Brian K underscore Williams 28. Thanks for listening.